here tonight. We are continuing in our series, Lord, Help Me. Who's enjoyed this series, Lord, Help Me? Hasn't it been awesome so far? And uh, we're just warming up. It's gonna get even better. And uh, I know Pastor Al has been saying, uh, if you don't think you need help, it's probably a sign that you do need some help. And so we're gonna be talking about find truth in this place. Uh, let me read this scripture and then I'm gonna pray and then we're gonna get into it. It says this in Judges 6 verse one. It says, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. And for seven years, God, He gave them into the hands of the Midianites. Midian so impoverished the Israelites that they cried out to the Lord for help. We'll go down to verse 11. This is in Judges 6. It says this, it says, the angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Oprah, or Oprah, not Oprah Winfrey, don't get confused. Uh, that belonged to Joash, I can't say that name, but it's a guy called Joash something. And it says, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press. What's going on there? Threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. It says, when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all these wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh and I am the least in my family and I am the least in my family. Why don't you just close your eyes, reach out to God into this in this place. God, we just thank You right now, God, for the Word of God in this place. God, I thank You that Your Word is truth and the truth that sets us free. And God, I believe that there is a freedom in this place tonight. God, we're getting free, we're getting unstuck. God, we believe in this place tonight, God, that whatever lies have been spoken over us, we're gonna be, receive freedom in the mighty Name of Jesus in this place. God, I just thank You, God, that the Holy Spirit is here, the Helper, the Comforter. You're with us, God. You never leave us nor forsake us. Just wait on God just for a few moments. We live in a busy world and it's good to wait. We wait on You, God. God, we prepare our hearts this word. God, our hearts are open. Thank you, Jesus. God, we thank you for what you're going to do in this place tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Why don't we give God some praise in this place? Amen. Why don't you grab your seats? Can we thank the band? How good are the band? Well, it's a great privilege to speak tonight, and I just want to thank Pastor Al and Jess and Lee. Can we give a hand for Pastor Al and Jess? They are the best. I love you so much, and uh, I'm just so thankful for Pastor Al and Jess. And uh, one, one of the things that Pastor Alex Lee, the man with crazy hair, has taught me is that uh, if God is ever going to do something through us, He first does something in us. If God's gonna do something through me, He's first gonna do something in me. 
It says this in uh, Ephesians 3 verse 20, one of my favorite verses. It says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. Let me read that again. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. You know, if I had uh, only three words to describe God, like if I had any three words in the whole English language and I had three words to use, it would be exceedingly, abundantly, above. God, God is not stingy. God is not small. God, God is not insignificant, insignificant or powerless. God is exceedingly, abundantly, above. So what God wants to do through us is exceedingly, abundantly above. What God wants to do through us is exceedingly, abundantly above. But how does He do it? According to His power that is at work within us. According to His power that is at work within us. So the question is, how does God's power work in us? How does God's power work in us so that he can, we can then go do things with God? It says this in James 1, verse 24 to 25. It says, You perceive how God sees you in the mirror of the Word, but then you go out and you forget your divine origin. But those who set their gaze deeply into the perfecting law of liberty are fascinated by and respond to the truth they hear and are strengthened by it. They experience God's blessing in all they do. So how does God's power work in us? God's power works in us by the truth. And the truth comes into the areas of our life that need freedom. So how does God's power work in us? With the truth. And the truth comes into the areas of our lives that need freedom. I remember... Um, uh, growing up in high school, I used to love playing the guitar. Is there any guitarists here? A few guitarists. I used to love playing the guitar. Yeah, the musicians on the stage. They were like, yeah, come on. And I used to love playing the guitar. And I remember in music class, uh, I didn't so much like the theory stuff at first. And uh, so when the teacher would go and she'd write on the board and she's, you know, writing all the theory, all the notes and stuff, I would quickly sneak back into the, the music storeroom cupboard. And they used to have these old, like, uh, acoustic nylon guitars. Does anyone remember them from music class? Like, the, the crappy, the, like, cheap, cheap-as guitars, the nylon strings. And I used to go grab one of the guitars and then I would be sitting back in my seat with an acoustic nylon guitar and the teacher turns around. And actually, a lot of my friends, we all, all play guitar and we'd all have these nylon guitars as she's thinking. And, you know, she, no, everyone's behaving and she's writing on the board. And I, I remember that year because I was mucking up a bit in music and I was like, oh, I'm worried about my report card. Like, what's my report card going to say this year about music? And, uh, you know, it's just going to tell, tell my mom, my dad, how bad I've been in this class, how much I've failed. And I remember I was so shocked, right, because the, the report card came back and all it said was, Ben is super passionate about music. And I was like, oh, wow, that's awesome. And uh, here's the deal, right? I think sometimes when we think of the truth of God's Word, we think maybe it's like a, a negative report card. Come on, that's going to show us all our failings and all of our shortcomings. But the truth about the truth is that the truth sets us free. The truth is good. The truth doesn't weigh us down. The truth lifts us up. The truth is there to help us live an exceedingly, abundantly, above kind of life. The truth is in our lives to help us grow, to help us become all that God has called us to be. The truth sets us free. It doesn't weigh us down. It lifts us up. The truth is good. The truth is a good thing. 
Amen? The truth is good. That's the truth about the truth. So if, if it's the truth that the truth sets us free, if that's the truth, how do we recognize or identify or see the areas in our life that need freedom? How, how do we recognize, identify, or see the areas in our own lives that need truth to bring freedom into our life? And to help answer that question, I want to look at the story of Gideon. And uh, the story of Gideon begins with the Israelite nation, and, and, and they're struggling, yeah? Any, anyone, anyone they're, they're kind of at this Lord help me phase of life. They're like, Lord help me. They're, they're struggling to survive. They've been in captivity, kind of dominated by the Midianites for seven years. And it's been going on and on and on. And finally they cry out to God, Lord help me. And how does God respond to Lord help me? You know, God, God doesn't start by responding to the external situation. God doesn't start by bringing an exceedingly abundantly above solution. God doesn't start by bringing freedom to the nation. God starts by bringing the truth to one man, Gideon. And he begins a work on the inside of Gideon. You see, before God is going to do anything about the external situation, he first wants to do something in us. Before we see a freedom around us, God wants to bring a freedom in us. Before we experience victory around us, God wants to help us see ourselves as victors, as overcomers, as people that can move forward. Before the external thing changes, whatever it is in your life, God wants to do something on the inside. God wants to bring freedom on the inside. And so God comes to Gideon and he brings him some truth. God comes and he calls Gideon a mighty warrior. Gideon, the person who is threshing wheat in a wine press, which means he's kind of hiding from the enemy. He's, he comes and he says, you person who's hiding, you're a mighty warrior. You're a mighty warrior. And Gideon, to Gideon, this kind of sounds like the opposite of the truth. He's, he's thinking, no way is this true. I am not a mighty warrior. And then Gideon, God says, am I not sending you? And Gideon replies, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh and I am the least in my family. You know, I, I don't think Gideon is saying this to make an excuse. I, I don't think God is, he's saying to God, look, I'm the least in my family, this is a bad idea. I think Gideon's saying it because he's what, it's what he believes to be true about himself. Gideon's saying, I'm the least in my family because I believe that to be true about myself. So when God says, you're a mighty warrior, Gideon is thinking, God is lying to me because I'm not a mighty warrior. So when Gideon hears the truth from God, it sounds like a lie. It sounds like a lie, but it is the truth. But to him, it sounds like a lie. And maybe the area in our lives that God wants to bring freedom is when the truth sounds like a lie. When the truth sounds like a lie. You know, I know someone and... Um, they're, they're a little bit older now and they kind of struggle with technology. And uh, whenever they get around technology, they always tell themselves, I'm so dumb, I'm so dumb. And uh, the reason they say that is because when they were a child, their parents used to tell them that they were dumb. And the reality is about this person is they're actually very smart. 
they have like one of these, you know, those people that kind of can tell right from wrong. They can kind of see things that other people don't see. But here's the deal. If I was to go and tell that person that they're smart, they probably wouldn't receive it. The truth to them would sound like a lie because they believe that they're dumb even though they are smart. The truth sounds like a lie. You see, the areas in our life where God can bring freedom is where the truth sounds like a lie. You know, we all live, let me just take a sip of water. One second. Just hang there for a second. Is that cool? You're enjoying it? It's good. Good word. We're just warming up. Let's go. Where was I? Yeah, we all have lies in our life. And if someone came and told you the opposite, it probably would just sound like a lie. You know, lies like, I'm a failure. I'm awkward. I'm poor. I'm a bad friend, a bad parent. I'm insecure. And for Gideon, it was, I'm the least. And if someone came and told you the opposite of that to you, you would probably tell them, you're lying to me. Here tonight. What kind of truths in God's word are there that sound to you like a lie? Because maybe that's the very area God wants to bring freedom. What kind of truths in God's word are there that sound to you like a lie? Maybe some of these truths relate to you tonight. God's word says, you are accepted by Christ. You are blameless in his sight. You are successful. You are blessed. You are redeemed. You are above and not beneath. You are more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. You are forgiven even if you feel like you don't, like you're unforgivable. You are valued by God. You are God's masterpiece. You are generous. You are seen by God like Gideon was seen in the wine press. You are not forgotten or forsaken like the nation of Israel was not forgotten by God. You are not the least like Gideon. You are mighty and strong. You have a bright future. Come on. What one of those maybe sounded like a lie to you. Maybe it's time you begin to accept it as truth. Begin to believe God's word. I'm gonna I'm beginning to wrap up, so I might get the band up here. And uh, you know, as I finish tonight, and as I'm kind of not just finishing just yet, I'm kind of getting there. And as as I finish tonight, I I want to talk about the moment. See, God's done something in Gideon, right? And God's helped him see himself as a mighty warrior. And so now it's the point where God's going to do something through Gideon. So he does something in us, and then he's going to do something through us. Are we ready? Are we ready? So it says this in Judges 7, verse 16 to 22. It says this, they're, they're about to take over the enemy. There's 300 of them. He said he divided the 300 men into three companies. If you can do the math, that's 100 in each company. He gave each man a trumpet and an empty jar with a torch in the jar. So each man has, what do they have? They have a, the trumpet and they have a jar with a torch in the jar. He said, watch me and do what I do. When I get to the edge of the camp, do exactly what I do. Kind of says the same thing again. When I and those with me blow the trumpets, you also all around the camp blow your trumpets and shout for God and for Gideon. Gideon and his hundred men got to the edge of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch, just after the sentries had been posted. They blew the trumpets at the same time, smashing the jars they carried. All three companies blew the trumpets 
and broke the the jars. Did you catch that? All three companies blew the trumpets and broke the jars. So in one hand, they're carrying these jars that they break. And in the Bible, jars represent our brokenness. So in one hand, they got these jars which represent our brokenness. And in, in the other hand, they've got these trumpets. And in the Bible, trumpets represent our declaration. So in one hand, they've got their brokenness, right? And in one hand, they've got their declaration. So I can come before God and when I break, it comes into the light because there was a torch underneath. And I'm not trying to hide who I am. I'm not trying to hide my brokenness, but I'm bringing it into the light. I'm bringing it before God. And I'm saying, here I am, God. I'm not trying to look like I have it all together. I'm saying, here I am. And then in the other hand, I've got my declaration and I'm declaring who God is and who God calls me to be. The Bible says this, it says, let the weak say I am strong. So even though I'm in weakness, I'm gonna declare that I'm strong. And so the truth of God is activated in my life through declaration. As Alex was talking about before, you gotta use your voice because the truth of God is activated when you use your voice. And so let the weak say, I am strong, declare it. Truth is activated in our life. So you see, brokenness in one hand, declaration in another hand. So in one hand, I bring my failure before God. But at the same time I bring my failure before God, I declare that I am a victor and I declare that I'm an overcomer and I declare that all things are possible with God. In one hand, I bring my dysfunction before God, my brokenness and my dysfunction. But at the same time I'm bringing my brokenness, I'm still declaring that God has made me whole, that I am holy and blameless in His sight. In one hand, I've got my brokenness. In another, I've got my declaration. You don't need to hide your brokenness. Bring it before God, but also declare what He can do in your life. Declare who He is. What's in your hand that might be broken? It's all good. Bring it before God. But at the same time, declare. Declare God's truth over your life. Declare that I'm above and not beneath. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm not less than. No, I'm mighty and strong. I'm anointed by God. I'm called by God. I'm not a failure. Even though my situations might be telling me I'm a failure, everything around me might be telling you that you're a failure. That's all good. Just declare, I'm not a failure. Bring it before God, but then declare, I'm not a failure. I'm a victor. I'm an overcomer. I am above and not beneath. I bring my brokenness in one hand, and I've got my declaration in another. Do you want to know what that is a picture of? It's a picture of worship. See, worship is about bringing your brokenness before God, but it's also about bringing your declaration. So in in one sense, I come before God and say, God, I'm broken, but I'm not staying in that place of brokenness. I'm moving forward. I'm taking steps. I'm growing. I'm becoming all that God has called me to be. It's worship. I may be on a journey. We don't judge your journey, but we celebrate your steps. We celebrate all that God is doing in your life. 
So come before God, yes, with brokenness, but also with a sense of declaration and a sense of victory, a sense that God is gonna do something in your life, a sense that things are gonna change, that things are gonna turn around, that God's gonna turn your mess into a ministry, that God's gonna turn the areas of your life you think no one could turn around, that nothing could change, God can bring change. The truth sets us free. The truth transforms us. The truth helps us grow. The truth doesn't weigh us down. It lifts us up and helps us to become everything God wants us to become. Jesus says this. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I'm not a way, a truth, not an idea, not just a concept, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the truth. You know, truth is not just an idea, it's a person. Truth is a person. So when I invite Jesus into my life, I accept the truth of Christ and the freedom that comes with that comes on the inside. If you want freedom, just invite Jesus in. If you want hope, just invite Jesus in. If you want life, just invite Jesus in. If you're lost, just invite Jesus in. If you don't know what's going on, just invite Jesus in and you'll find the freedom of Christ will come in and will change everything around. And maybe your circumstance might not change. Maybe everything won't look different right away, but there'll be a freedom that comes on the inside. And what's in us happens through us. What God does in us first, He does then through us.